So <laughs> um, we, we've talked about this before, uh, where I bought uh, too much cereal in the past. <laughs> I, I remember it well. I can't <laughs> believe we're going back to this fucking well. Have we run okay. out of things to talk about? <laughs> I don't make a lot of trips to the supermarket, but sometimes, you know, when you have to go, you're running uh-huh. out of food, whatever. Sometimes I don't always l- thoroughly look at what my stores are like, like what I have back at home. Yeah. So I go and I'm like, mm, yeah, I'll figure it out when I get there. Bad idea. Right. Yesterday I went and they had a sale for four boxes of family-sized uh, frosted mini-wheats, my absolute favorite cereal, not sponsored by the show, but four <laughs> boxes of them for 10 and I was wow. like, gotta have it. And yeah. I got back to my house and I had three more boxes waiting for me at home. So, and now I don't know what to do. You're, so just to run the quick, <laughs> let me punch this into the Calcutex, which is my giant uh, uh, math computer that I keep at my house. <laughs> you have seven family-sized boxes of shredded, shredded mini wheats at your house. Not only that. Only I eat them. My wife does not eat them. So yeah. it's just me on this it's board. It's time for her to learn. You know, <laughs> you always see the Green Goblin throwing pumpkin bombs and Spider-Man misses them and then they careen down to the street, New York City streets below. Just once, I'd love to see you get blown up by one <laughs> while you're holding four boxes of shredded mini weeks. Like, I want one cutaway in the next Spider-Man where at Russ is like, whoa, whoa. And then he looks up like, what the hell is that? Kaboom! <laughs> shredded mini weeks everywhere. Spider-Man's like, no, not Russ. And then Russ is like, don't worry. I have three more boxes at home. <laughs> don't worry, Spider-Man. <laughs> I bought these as a as a pumpkin bomb proof shield. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy and I know the best games of the week. My name is Griffin McRoy, and I know the best game of the of the week. My name is Chris Plant, and I know the best heroes of the week. My name is Ross Frosty, and I know the best game of the week. And I'm worried that Justin might be thinking we're doing two games when, in fact, we're doing, doing just what? one. Just the one game. I've just been playing a lot of other games. I've been playing lots of games. Oh. Okay. I'm, I'm in oh. love with games right now. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm in love with games. I, after a long drought, I'm, I feel like I'm in love with games. And I should mention, by the way, this is the besties where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. Mm-hmm. These uh, titles uh, are coming fast and furious now. We're in the fall, and it's just a torrent of great video game releases. Um, this one was supposed to be bad, but turns out it's good. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I don't a switcher, know. a switcheroo yeah, on it's us. Marvel's it just, Ave- it's called Marvel's Avengers. What the fuck is Marvel's Avengers? If people want to know what it is, it is uh, kind of two games in one. The first game is a single-player uh, superhero campaign where you get to play as uh, Kamala Khan, and, who is Miss Marvel. And then yes. the second game is like a Destiny meets uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but 3D and pretty loot collector game does that sound fair did i do yeah, they, tra- they they did a destiny right that's fair and we're going to get into exactly what all that means after this quick commercial break this episode of the best these is sponsored by aura frames all right so 
you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, maybe the worst marketing campaign or effort marketing it's not even like they had bad commercials for this game but every single thing i saw for this game before it came out hit my alert sensor my bad game alert sensors my, just your don't give going, a fuck my yeah. don't give don't, a fuck sensors i didn't right. yes it didn't seem as soon as they announced we're making an avengers game oh okay well making superhero games is tricky because how do you make the superheroes feel good and feel like superheroes but still vulnerable enough to like fit into a game but also you're doing like six of them that seems ambitious oh and by the way it's also going to be a destiny well destinies are pretty hard to make as anthem proves so i don't know guys uh and yet this game is really fucking fun and cool uh, and enjoyable. Yeah, it's it is literally feels like two games in one, and both games are pretty damn fun. Um, I guess we'll we should start by talking about the first game, which is probably the more traditional uh, version of like I, I don't know a movie game. I guess you could describe it, but good. I don't want to like. It could have been it. just. The, I feel like if this, if the single player component of this had come out and said it, it's the Avengers, I think it would have done fine. It wouldn't have had the hooks of like service that is going to make this profitable, but I think that it would have been like very well regarded. So, the, so I think, and and we've talked about it a little bit uh, in in the intro. I think the big interesting thing is is you know, just the star of this game, which was not readily apparent in any part uh, in the lead up to this game, like to the point where they kind of felt like they were hiding it, yeah. uh, whether for good or ill. Um, but Kamala Khan is the star of Marvel's Avengers. Uh, we learn about her origin story. I am not a comic book reader. I did not know very much at all. I've seen her like, you know, covers from comic books and stuff like that. But uh, she is Miss Marvel. Uh, she's a Pakistani-American. And she's awesome. She's like the exact sort of like human superhero that I think in the early days of Spider-Man, like that really like yes. kind of captured yes. that vibe of like this is a relatable person that is thrown into this outrageous world of like gods with hammers and lightning powers. Like that's, it, it really does nail it. And, and she's great and uh, actually has a, Disney Plus TV show coming. So I'm really excited about that. 
plot-wise, here's the summary. There's a, a big event celebrating the Avengers that Kamala, a young Kamala Khan happens to be at. Uh, some calamity ensues. A big bomb goes off, kills a bunch of people, including Captain America. The Avengers are disgraced because they didn't stop it, and uh, they dis- and some people blame them for it, and they disband. Um, and basically, a few years later, through her, you know, absolute one hundred percent rock solid faith in superheroes and her fandom of superheroes, uh, and her disbelief that the Avengers were to blame for this bomb, she comes into evidence that. Uh, the Avengers are innocent, and she and and the AIM, the scientific group that has sort of taken over the planet and run out run out Shield and run out the Avengers, uh, is an evil organization that maybe had caused this calamity. So Kamala Khan takes it upon herself, basically with the help of a sort of underground resistance, to reassemble the Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. And it and the pace at which she does that is really shocking. You, I mean, I was two hours in, and I had just unlocked Kamala and the Hulk, and that's it. And one of the things going into this where I was, like, thinking about superhero fatigue, how am I going to be excited about these heroes that have been plastered all over movie screens for a decade? And the way this game does it is, through Kamala Khan, you are excited about these heroes, you're in all these heroes, and also it takes so long for them to come into the action that when they do arrive— I found myself thrilled, like, fuck yes, it's Thor. Can you believe it? Thor, like a little kid. And it's Mm -hmm. like, and it's just because they were smart about how they reintroduce these characters at a very gradual pace that gives them all room to breathe. Um, The the other, I think, sort of cornerstone of this is that Kamala and Bruce's relationship, Bruce uh, Banner, by the way, is being performed by uh, Troy Baker, who is putting on a... Absolute masterclass, yeah. like uh, always great. But in this one is like really bringing something very cool to Bruce Banner. But their relationship is sort of at the center of the the game, and they have some actual genuine moments of like just letting the moments sit and have actual like character growth and discussions and, a, and an actual uh, story, which makes everything else land all the harder. Yeah, I, I think this Troy Baker performance is his best. I know he's done a lot of dramatic roles, but I think doing comedy in video games, especially this type of what Marvel Cinematic Universe style gentle comedy, is tough. Um, yeah. And he nails it. Their relationship right away is so good. The other thing that I, I love about Kamala that you, you mentioned, the beginning's slow. And like that's not a bad thing. You don't do a lot of combat for a long time. The game does something that I don't see a lot in much superhero fiction, which is explain how these superheroes both exist in this world as crime fighters and world savers mm-hmm. and as like comic book characters and right. how, the, yes. how how those can like coexist. And it does that really two ways that, that I loved. The first is you start by um, being inside of uh, Kamala's shoes with her, her father and you are visiting uh, the San Francisco Bay Area for this big... Um, event, you know, all the Avengers are going to be there, and she has written a piece of fan fiction that might give her something, some sort of reward. I don't know. She's getting praised for it. Um, but you get to walk around and see, like, oh, here's the shawarma food hut. Uh, that's a fun thing that in-game seems to be a wink at the the Avengers' own love for shawarma. There's um, little arcades filled with uh, superhero games. There are comic books that you collect. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, it's just Full of 
the iconography of these characters inside of its own world. And you see the characters walking through it and kind of uninterested in it. Um, the, the superheroes. That rules. Then, after that, you actually get to see the inside of her room um, and her, I guess, kind of like training area, which is full of her kind of like personalized version of all of this stuff. So, before you even really get into the shoes of, uh, of the Hulk or any of the traditional Avengers... You've learned so much about how the world perceives them. A bad version of this game would start with, something has gone wrong, and now the mm. Avengers are on the run, and now here's a whole bunch of dark corridors where we see statues of the Avengers half torn down. Eventually you get to that, but before all of that, you really get an idea of why these uh, superheroes matter in this world. Yeah, and I think that it didn't really occur to me until I was playing this it's so rare that you see superheroes in, in video games in normal environments, normal, familiar situations that makes them look abnormal or so, like, incredible. So, like, the typical superhero level is, like, you know, scientific base, and you're walking through his store, and there's just, like, metal on the walls and computers or whatever. Right. To see Thor walk into a gift shop and then have like an exchange with a fan really helps exaggerate and accentuate his like otherworldliness in ways that I've literally never seen in a video game because you have that contrast. So it's just super smart. The, the story is amazing. They, they took some huge swings that is like admirable. I always love like whenever a project that is sort of ancillary like this game is uh, – like goes hard on such an established important canon like the Avengers like I think that's rad but also on top of that this game is essentially a 3D beat em up and I I would I think probably say it's in the well it's tough to say right because there's six characters at launch they're going to add more with DLC uh and they each sort of feel a bit different but I would sort of liken it to the Arkham Asylum uh, Rocksteady Batman game style of beat-em-up where there's lots of enemies coming at you. You have to juggle combos and also be very, very uh, skillful with your evasions and parries of incoming attacks. I think it's a, I think it's a lot of fun. Like, I am, it's, it is not my genre of choice by any stretch of the imagination, but I find myself, like, um, I play a lot as Black Widow, who is, like, very focused on combos and avoiding damage and, like, just being really, really quick with your inputs. And I'm finding myself, like, getting into it fighting game style where I'm like, oh, okay, so if I if I layer these two combos together, I can, like, there's, it is surprisingly deep, the beat-em-up combat. I think a, a bit different but between the two characters is kind of underselling it. I mean, I, I feel like... You know, you discussed about Black Widow. She's got a grappling hook that lets you kind of zip between enemies. So she's kind of zipping all over the battlefield. Uh, Captain America just feels like a battering ram. Like if he starts punching, he will not. He's not going to stop punching, and there's really <laughs> nothing you can do about it. Like he's going to continue punching you. The Hulk feels like the Hulk. Like there's a really pronounced power difference when you're taking over these characters. Where every time I started playing one, I kind of felt like I was cheating. Like, the Hulk punches somebody and half their life bar is gone. Because it's the Hulk. And he just punched you. Like, I felt the same way about Thor. Thor feels, like, powerful. But also the way you use these characters has to be different. Like, the fact that Thor and Iron Man can fly, like, actual 3D fly around, it, it is such a big difference. Like, they have, like, aerial combat, basically, that they can do. Um, and what is really, really, really smart is 
you have their basic, because they're superheroes, right? You have their basic powers from the beginning, pretty much. I mean, you once you get the character and lock them, like you have their powers, right? There's like mm-hmm. usually a support power, an attack power, and like an ultimate that all feel very cool. Iron Man, for example, like gets the Hulkbuster armor, right? But the way that you level up is you're basically adding like, in addition to numbers-wise, like, uh, I, I had a healing buff to Thor's Bifrost, whatever. Um, you're also adding, like, flourishes that make it cooler to be them. I'll give you an example. Thor can throw his hammer, Mjolnir, from the beginning and and retrieve it into his hand. That's cool. Then I got a power that let me throw Mjolnir, and while I didn't have it in my hand, I could headbutt somebody for a lot of damage. That's cool. Then I got an ability that let me throw the hammer and then it would pin an enemy to the wall while I battle this other enemy. Then building on top of that, I got an ability that let me throw the hammer, pin the enemy to the wall, and then shoot electricity through the hammer to shock them. And they're they're layering that on. You have the basic abilities, but like you're getting real pronounced like yeah. cool stuff you can do in a, in battle. Uh, not not a smart idea compared to the things that you said, but uh, you, man, you really get to break stuff in this game. Did you <laughs> notice that? Like, you just break Everything lots breaking. of stuff. I mean, I, I was playing, I, I don't know how the console version is. I hope that they have this, especially in the, the next generation versions. But on PC, they have a little uh, dongle and it says, like, do you want it to break more stuff? I'm like, yes. And it's like, yes, this, yeah. might, this might break your computer. And I'm like, no problem. Let's go for it. <laughs> Let's go and for then it. And I, I, I play the Hulk. And you, there's you already like a know shot. I like breaking stuff. So <laughs> fine, break my computer. <laughs> I, I like that it felt like, at least with the Hulk, that they watched the Avengers and they're like, what's the, like, the Hulk's iconic scene? And like, you know that two seconds where he just runs through glass towards the camera? Like, uh-huh. And they're like, it should just feel like that every second you're the Hulk. And it's like, okay, cool. The, the amount of time uh, the Hulk is breaking, I mean, the entire room is just covered in rubble, um, uh, motherboards, uh, GPUs, uh, power supply units, uh, <laughs> CPUs, RAM. Um, yeah, RAM every everywhere. It, you know, he's just breaking it all up and it, it, it feels so meaty and good. The, just the feel of the game feels great. The Hulk feels really, he has like, um, he can grab enemies and use them as weapons, basically. And then you can add on a second enemy that he has in the other hand. And then he's doing like different combos with two enemies. And then you get an ability <laughs> where you smash these two guys together as hard as you possibly can. <laughs> so hard that it creates a shockwave that knocks down other enemies, which has got to feel bad, I would yeah. think, for the people <laughs> directly involved. Um, I, do, I don't want to rain on the parade. Here he goes. The single player campaign is amazing. The narrative is like surprisingly great. It has great moments. The combat, the action all feels great. The characters feel great and they are well acted and everything. I do. I don't love Tony Stark. I so, Super quick before we move on with that. Oh, interesting. Writing a funny character like that with quippy one-liners is tough. It's tough, yeah. And it's, oh boy, there's somewhere I'm like, all skin crawlingly rough. Jarvis at one point says, Master Tony taught me the phrase awesome sauce. I believe that applies here. And I'm like, I bet he did a nasty boy. <laughs> nasty, <laughs> nasty bad joke boy. Uh, this is also a games of service game. Uh yeah. in the des- in the Destiny milieu. I feel like games of service doesn't isn't an accurate sort of like catch-all descriptor for games because like a Destiny and a Fortnite are two completely different things. 
uh, Fortnite is games of service that you like play over and over again because it is inherently competitive battle royale and like that's the hook. Meanwhile, a Destiny is loot based and progression based, and it is all about like how do you keep the play. Games of service is could be more accurately described as like answering a single question, which is how do we get people to play this video game forever? Mm-hmm. If you want to extrapolate like out what that means, and like that is an impossible question to answer. I literally like I don't think it's obviously impossible to get somebody to play a video game uh, for forever. More and so accurately, pay to play this video game forever. Sure. I mean, you could play this game without it, but like there are also the ways that they solve for that are twofold. They are the 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 first fold is money. Uh there is a challenge card for each character that you go through by like earning experience and uh, completing objectives and stuff like that. And going through that, you unlock different like currencies that you use to upgrade or you unlock new uh cosmetic costumes of which there are a ton and they are super super cool but you got to unlock them or nameplates that like look like panels from old comics or like whatever uh and there's also a battle pass styled thing for each character which feels a bit much um for me the bigger thing that like i am not even remotely sold on yet is the other fold which is the destiny style like loot thing the loot Mm -hmm. progression you have a character level that you earn experience and you level up which you use to unlock new abilities but then there's a gear score which you get through like doing different challenge doing different missions doing harder missions finding rare drops getting exotic drops building a build out of like now you have five percent stronger ultimate ability like all of that stuff I don't know that I give a shit about um yeah and you can play you can play the main campaign without having to worry about that. So the good news mm-hmm. is that like I don't think that the games of service stuff gets in the way of what is like really truly very good about this game that I would recommend to pretty much anyone, but I I genuinely do mean it. I think that the Destiny st- I think Destiny's a hard fucking game to make as proven by the fact that like it has taken them a long 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 time to get it to where it is and everybody who's tried to step to that throne has like pretty much catastrophically failed. Uh, and I think that this game does some smart stuff. It also lifts a lot of stuff directly from the Destiny playbook. Mm-hmm. But like, as I don't feel that sales pitch of, hey, Griffin, you really like this game. You think it feels good and you want to unlock new costumes. Here's how we're going to let you do it. I see that stuff and I'm like, ah, I don't know that yeah. I'm going so, to. I think, I think what is limiting it is the, the – the, it's two things. One is the gear is not cosmetic. Which is a big problem, except for the cosmetic gear. The like, the well, the costumes are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes, the gear that you unlock, you don't see on the character, and I think that is a. And and not only do you not see it, it doesn't feel special. Like it doesn't feel. I mean, like for instance, the Hulk's upgrades are like his nanites and his fucking rib cage, right? Sure. Like, <laughs> and his his bad shorts. I don't know, but like the the gear does not. It does not feel cool to get it. It's good to see the numbers go up, but it doesn't feel like an event when you get a a, a big new thing. But I, I just to address that specifically, so th- that is something that I think is has sort of torn the living games community asunder because some people want, hey, I want this item and it's going to show up on my character. It's going to look really cool. Other people want, hey, I want a pure look for my character that does not make Hulk wearing a top hat make him 10% more strong. 
So like that is sort of the argument that's going on here. I completely can I can get on board with that. I understand like dealing with licensees, like you, you have certain things you have to do, but like <laughs> getting individual pieces of gear also doesn't feel sure different. Yeah. Right. Like if I got an exotic weapon in Destiny, I'm gonna fire it and it's gonna look cool and do cool stuff. And there are some that are like kind of neat, like I'll add a you know, it'll hit the enemy enough times with like pim with your combos and it'll shrink them or stuff like that. That's a yeah. very rare, yeah. uh, you know, stuff or shock or cryo or whatever. But like, it doesn't feel that um, transformative. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I, I want to reframe the games of service part though, because I think we might be coming at it a, a little too um, harshly. None of these games of service games launch well. No, no. Or even as close to as well as this. Like, I, I think yeah. if you frame it as, like, how does this compare to Anthem? Pretty damn good. Beats the shit out of it. Beats the shit out <laughs> of it. Or even, or even Destiny, honestly. Like, or, Destiny yeah. was a fucking mess when it launched. Yeah. And what I, I, what I dig about it is it honestly reminds me of kind of the Call of Duty model of, hey, it's going to take us a while to get, like, the online stuff exactly into that sweet spot. So here's yeah. a campaign that you can enjoy day one going to be really a real pleasure and then you know come back in a couple months and like we'll have some of these problems you know worked out including the technical problems of which there were many at launch holy shit Um, i jumped into one mission and i i was playing single player and i had three kamala khans and three hulks in with me which is like as a bug is like this is a pretty wild bug, guys. But as a video gaming experience, rolling with three Ms. Marvels and three Hulks, and it was a fucking fiasco. I finished that mission in like forty five seconds. I had a much more banal one of those where <laughs> I was I was supposed to be Black Widow, uh, but for some reason I was Kamala Khan, and I was talking as Black Widow, but I looked like Kamala Khan. And I was walking around the ship. I just ran into Kamala Khan, and she was there too. And it was very surreal. Like, uh, hi. Hello, I'm going to go. This is probably a singularity I'm risking here. Um, I will say that, like, what they have done with what is out here, Chris is right. I I, I am being too harsh on on the Games of Service stuff, but, like, what they have accomplished is sort of beyond the scope of Games of Service where I think this game is genuinely very fun to play. And I've only played the multiplayer, like, a little bit. Justin and I, like, ran a couple missions, and it was super fun. Uh, it is a fun game that feels good to play, and I'm still bouncing around the different characters trying to figure out like who my who my main is. And if they keep this updated as sort of aggressively as they have talked about, like Hawkeye and Kate Bishop are coming out in like a future DLC. Like as soon as that drops, I'm gonna hop right in because I want to know what those characters feel like. Like the campaign is such a strong sales pitch for what the whole thing is capable of doing. Uh, which is interesting because that is the opposite of what Destiny 1 did, where the campaign was a joke, but the multiplayer stuff was actually, like, super, super fun. Um, yeah, I, I am I am, I am, am excited by what this game could could become. It's interesting. I finished the campaign, and I unlock each character has an iconic mission chain, which is pretty much just, like, two or three missions that they have to take the lead in. And when you finish it, you get uh, an iconic costume for that character. Um, and I finished all those. I finished the campaign, obviously. I finished all those. And I was left kind of feeling like, I think I'm good. Like, I think I'm, I don't necessarily want to, like, grind it out to get new stuff for these characters because I don't, like, I've got all their powers. I've seen all the powers. I've played them all a lot. Like, I think I get it. I will definitely be back when there's other characters to play. Um, but, like, 
I wouldn't think of it. And, and also on the multiplayer front, like Griffin said, I've played, except for two missions that I backtracked with for, with Griffin, I've played the entire thing by myself. This is not something where you need to play uh, multiplayer. It would be easier. There's a couple of times, I should mention this because it's weird. There are some doors that only certain characters can unlock, right? So there's like computers that only Iron Man and Black Widow can hack. There's these big uh, broken doors that only Hulk and Thor and Tony Stark in his Hulkbuster costume can can break down and there's treasure behind them. And there's a lot of times where like, I would be in a mission and be Captain America and see one of these doors and there is no, and it's designed so like everybody in the multiplayer experience can like do their part. Yeah. yeah. But for me, I'm like, hey, Hulk, please, Hulk, come break this door. <laughs> please come back, Hulk. Please, you see the door, just break it, please. I can't do he it on my smashing. Own. That's what he Fezzik, does. The treasure's getting away from me, please. <laughs> um, so that that is like this weird where it's like, okay, do you not want me to? And there's there's certain uh, objectives where it's like, someone stand over here and hold this thing open while everybody else attack it. That like the computer will, in in the if you're playing with other people, you'll like pull out a transformer or whatever, and everybody will attack it as it's going while one person is holding it. When you're playing with uh, AI component the things the transformer just stays out because yeah. they know the computer is not going to realize there's a mission <laughs> objective here that they need to help out with but it's fine it's a good game I, I it, like I I feel like I gave the same sort of apology for Destiny back when it launches like I have had a lot of fun with this game even if I don't play it forever I feel like I've gotten a lot out of the experience. So I would not let the like somewhat weak games as service hooks like scare you away from the game. I think for what you pay for the price of admission, you get a pretty stellar superhero campaign, a really fun multiplayer beat em up. And, you know, even if you don't play it forever, like there's you don't play any other video game forever. So why is that a deal breaker here? Uh, it's it, and again, the most surprisingly, maybe one of the most surprisingly great games that I've ever played because i i feel like i was just i judged it completely wrong and i apparently yeah. the beta was i didn't play the beta but i i saw a lot of like negative buzz coming off the beta because i guess they didn't like give a great representative slice uh because i i think a lot of those opinions are being reversed right now well the people at polygon.com knew it was good off the beta i don't want to i don't want to brag but we, 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 maybe right. maybe it's a pretty good website anyway we're wrapping up justin you want to talk about what we're going to get after the break Oh, there's a small Xbox in my pocket. I got it for <laughs> 300 bucks. Next, we're going to hear about the Xbox and the other one. That's Deluxe. Ooh. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is 
incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because they got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay, so one of the Xboxes is $300. Is that right? Yeah. Is that Can that be right? Plant, that, fill me in. That's right. The So there are two Xboxes coming out on November 10th, okay? The Xbox Series X, and that's the one that we already knew about, right? And that's the big expensive one. And that's going to cost one X? $499. It's not the Xbox One X. They changed the word in the middle. So instead of one... It's serious. So now. why? Why serious? It makes me so mad. I know. I know. These naming conventions call it Xbox. I'm not two. in charge of it. <laughs> Xbox Two X. That's awesome. Sounds like a fighter plane. <laughs> it's twice as <laughs> big. So Xbox Series X, uh, four ninety nine. It's also like huge. Like it looks like a little uh, PC gaming tower. And you're gonna be able to play games in four K, uh, high refresh, uh, frame rates, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then the thing that I'm more excited about is the Xbox Series S. Doesn't help that S and X sound very close. There's um, so many so, weird it's also choices. Bad. It's also a social <laughs> mess. Uh, and it costs $299, which is basically the price of a, an Xbox One right now. Which is wild. That's um, but they haven't they haven't announced what the sort of spec offset is for that, right? Like what so the different you can play games in 1440p resolution. Um, and it says up to 120 frames per second. But let's focus on the 1440p. So 1440p uh, is like splitting the difference between your 1080 TV and your 4K uh, maybe computer monitor, right? 1440 honestly is like what I have kept my computer monitors at forever because I really struggle to see the difference between 1440 and 4K. That's just me. Um, and that's that means that I can redirect a lot of the power in my games towards all the other things instead of just resolution and just wasting it on high res. Which is to say, 
I think this is a great deal for pretty much most people. Um, we'll see uh, how much it impacts other parts of the games. But if, if the games are similar in quality, minus resolution, this is kind of an astounding deal. So they have a, there's some like bips and bobs of like clips of showing games running on the Xbox Series S. And one of the examples they give, gave was Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds on the Xbox One, the old Xbox, uh, the load time was like 48 seconds. And on the Xbox One S, the load time is 12 seconds. Next Xbox Series S. S. Serious shit. I know. Series S. Yeah, it, it's it's wild. And I mean, there's all these other features that they've been showing off, like being able to um, pause and resume games, which is a thing yeah. that I think they wanted to do with the current Xbox. And now they're going to finally achieve with the next one where you can be playing Skate uh, and then immediately load into Forza and then immediately load into Halo without um, there's, there's a- there's a whole time. range of games that have not come out this year that you'll be able to instantly load into with your <laughs> Xbox. None that none none like now games, but like boy howdy, you can jump from 2019 to 2017. You'll be all a rip roaring good time. Just don't expect any new ones. Here's, here's the good thing about it. it: it plays Game Pass. Like that's what you need to know. It plays Game Pass. It'll play all the big third-party games, like whatever the future Call of Duty and Madden Assassin's Creed games are. Um, and it, it's two ninety nine. Like, there's that, no disc drive, right? There's no disc drive. It, it's it's a weird thing. They, I I know that there's going to be a big push because Sony has big exclusives like Spider Man um, and uh, the Demon Souls remake, which is great. Um, but being able to buy a next generation console at launch for 300 bucks and to be able to play some version of the visual quality of, of the new Call of Duty and all the other games that most people play and to be able to have that subscription service, I just, I, I think it's like such a ridiculously smart and good deal. Okay, so with that, and I agree with what you said, but it's important that people remember that Mm. If you are expecting this to be a console that you buy for $300 and for it to last you three to four years, maybe might not. So if you look at, for example, if you try to run, you know, a recent Call of Duty game on the launch Xbox One, it's bad. It's it's not a good experience. This is not going to be a a future-proof box given that the specs of the S are lower. I think for people that are interested in playing games that are like already out but making them run a lot better, totally great. I think for the next year, I think you'll be fine. Uh, All the games are going to run great. I think for three years. We're talking about this generation, we're talking about seven years. Yeah, but even then, you have to consider that like effectively the Xbox Series S is slightly more powerful than the X of last generation, right? Like not dramatically, slightly more powerful. I do not think, I think you're going to run into this wall um, within, you know, maybe it's two or three. I don't don't think it'll be longer than that where games are just going to start kind of chugging. On the Series S. On Series S. Or Xbox is going to design games to be super, super scalable, which is fine, but it also means that there are limitations in terms of how good a game can look, like a, a Halo, for example. The fact that Halo... Infinite needs to run it on Xbox One and Xbox Series S and X, all of them, 
kind of diminishes somewhat the top end of what this game is capable of looking like versus something that is purely exclusive. I am curious if they believe that streaming is the future anyway. That's possible. And in terms yeah. of this, that by the time that becomes an issue, they assume that everybody will have an Xbox Game Pass subscription via xCloud. Um that I, I'm I'm guessing that's that's the the ticket there. Yeah, that would make sense. So you so this Series S just becomes a streaming box for new games and a direct install box for older games that can still run pretty well. Basically, if it was if it was me, I'll probably uh, I don't know if I'll take this this advice uh, because I'm a, a maniac. But if it was me, I'd probably not buy either one because they are going and I would wait for them to make it make sense to buy one because like at this point I don't I don't feel like that argument has been made and I feel like in 2021 they're going to have to start making that argument in some compelling ways that are trying to move some of these boxes because I think they are about to be absolutely demolished this holiday season and I think they're going to be scrambling to make up ground in 2021 counterpoint a lot of people didn't buy Xboxes if you didn't buy an Xbox this entire generation I would buy one of, I would probably buy the Series S now. Hmm. Yeah, the X doesn't make sense, I feel like, at all in any way, shape, or form this year. Like, if you're desperate, like, go for Series S. And like I said, you'd probably be fine for two or three years. Like, I don't think it'll be an issue. But, like, I don't feel like they've made a compelling case for the Series X for anybody. <laughs> right at this point, like, right now, like, I, it, I don't, and they will have to next year, I feel like. Be, it, be that price cuts or sure. pack-ins or whatever. Here's the compelling case for the Series X. This is the, the use case. You have a laptop, maybe it's for work, maybe it's a MacBook Air or like a whatever, IBM ThinkPad, whatever the fuck, not a gaming PC. For Can those it be a pe- Lenovo Idea 5? Love it. Okay. <laughs> for those people, um, being able to basically pull the trigger on something that is $500 in the case of the Series X and have something that will be able to play a lot of games for the next, let's say, five years, six years, is a very easy solution, especially when you look at those NVIDIA cards that just got announced, and to buy a top-end gaming PC, you're looking at three grand. Um, Why didn't I buy it? Okay, but why didn't I buy the PlayStation 5? Yeah, that's a pretty significant moving of the goalposts from every other console generation before this. Like, if the when the PS4 was coming out, you could not make the argument of, like, yeah, you should buy the PS4 so that eventually... When the, when the cool games come out for the PS4, uh, you can play them. Like the launch, yeah, no, the I, launch of a console is like such a huge, sure. huge fucking deal. I don't want to, I, I don't want to poo poo all of this, but I didn't really. I guess have we mentioned that they just announced the release date, like an hour ago? Well, yesterday uh, they yeah, announced the S date, yeah, and oh. then the X was it's announced today. November, but they're both the same November day. 10th. It's November tenth. Yeah, oh, and they're both I'll, dropping on the tenth. Yeah. Yeah. Also, again, the the very simple reason of why you'd buy this over PlayStation is Game Pass. I mean, Game Pass now also includes EA Play. So every new Xbox game, every new EA game, plus tons and tons of other games that you're getting for a, a very low comparable rate. Like what does that mean on the one like what what is the one the one Xbox One X, like, can it play Game Pass games? Every Xbox can play Game Pass games. So... Justin's saying, why bother buying the why? new one if you could just use the existing yeah. one? Uh, no, I mean, that's the same thing, like, why buy a new graphics card? I mean, my, my five-year-old graphics card also works. 
Justin, what type of graphics card? Uh, you are you talking about just, streaming just, just, though, right? Justin, Justin, like, just, just what graphics card do you have? Oh, in your here they computer? go, Russ. Russ, let's let's. Oh, it's right. Right. What, what graphics card do you have, in your Russ? Computer? Here they go. Two gamers fighting. <laughs> Sorry, what? What graphics card do you have in your computer? What What's one of the good ones? Wow, you don't even know the name of it's it. It's a GeForce 960, buddy. No, it's a it's a uh, 2080 Ti. Okay, so uh, why would Christ. you buy an Xbox Series X? I can't imagine the reason. Probably because you like pretty things, and if you're going to play these games, you want them to look real pretty. But he can I'm play that on his computer. This is a bad, I'm saying that this is like, I'm saying it's going to get fucking bent over by the PlayStation Five <laughs> this year. They're not they're not giving anybody any reasons to like. Buy this thing today. I'm not saying that I'll never own an Xbox. I'll probably burn this fall because I'm an idiot. But I'm saying like, I don't feel like they're making a compelling. Yeah. Ga- I, and that's you know for whatever reason we've we've covered this with like the games kind of falling through. But like, I just don't see. I hear you. A path forward. I'm just saying I think you're putting too much weight on a couple of exclusives for PlayStation versus where I would put my weight on, which is like a subscription service that lets you play hundreds of games for a few bucks and they all look pretty. Is it, but aren't they I, streaming? I just, I just, just, that just seems, for me, better. It's not streaming. You download it. No, yeah, you download it. You download the games. So, But they look better on the new boxes. Correct. Yeah. But they look better-er on the Series X, right? Yeah. Significantly, yeah. yeah. That's the, the assumption. I would just wait then. I get it. You really want to play Ratchet and Clank. Well, but I, I, and but to Justin's point, well, like he has I mean, a very. I, 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 yeah, when you're talking about a couple of exclusives, that that number does become significantly important. When the counter example is zero, like yes, Ratchet and Clank, Spider Man are two thousand percent better than N A. N- like yeah, not I, 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 actually, you know, you know the way I, I I'm thinking of myself as a kid, and if I only have like fifteen bucks a budget for games each month, I want the one that gets me more games and they're pretty versus. Okay, I can have this, and I, I get to play Ratchet and Clank, and that's a great. But I can't play. I don't have that other option. I feel like y'all need to keep. You need to keep Ratchet and Clank's name out your mouth if you're gonna be so. If you're gonna, I feel like there's a lot of Ratchet and Clank hatred, a lot of persecution of Ratchet and Clank right now. The game looks great. Uh, I can't wait to to teleport to new worlds. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just saying. Maybe there's one where there's Xbox games out, and you can like bring them back as like a goodwill gesture. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Hey, I found Halo. It's in a different dimension. I'm bringing it back for you. Here's the reality, y'all. Both of these are going to be very good. Neither of them are going to be perfect this year. And if you have a a good gaming PC like Justin McRoy has, do not buy any of these consoles because you can already play all these fucking games on your existing gaming PC. Not Ratchet Ratchet and Clank Clank and Spider-Man. Okay, now I I see. Now you've opened my... The the scales (laughs) have fallen from my eyes. Not incorrect. Got great points all around. I mean, Ratchet and Clank is basically two games. There's Ratchet and there's Clank. And Clank. You get both. That's true. No, actually, uh, Ratchet is in a single-player campaign. The Clank parts are a (laughs) games-as-service multiplayer loop The Clank Initiative. And it's uh, <laughs> um, we didn't really uh, acknowledge this, but wild that this is a three hundred dollar new console. That is also like very uh, actually very cool. I'm I'm down on the Xbox brand as a whole. I love that there's going to be a three hundred dollar version of these. I think that that's really really interesting. Yeah, um, can I just say one more thing just to close this out? What the hell do we say when a game is coming out on the Xbox Series X, S, the X? The Xbox One, like, what do we call a game that supports all of those platforms? Xbox. An Xbox game? Yeah. 
That's what Microsoft um, wants us to call it. But the fact of the matter is there's going to come a time when games will not run on the well, Xbox here, One. Here's a, here's a question for you. What do you call a game on your iPhone? Mm, that's yeah, casual. You just go. put him in the fucking potty, Chris. Damn. Oh <laughs> man, I am just feeling it, y'all. I have some questions from the mailbag. Can I open it up? Because I worry yep. if I yeah. keep talking, I'm just gonna, whew, I'm gonna get you know pretty mean. Don't up. come at me, by the way. When I talk about buying one of these boxes this fall, I don't want to hear it. I've said it three times. Wait, 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 wait. Buying one of these boxes as if you're not <laughs> going to buy four. You're gonna get both versions of that Sony. <laughs> You're going to get both versions of that Xbox. You're going to line them all up, and you're going to cuddle them. I, I really, I, you know what? To the side, I don't think I will get an Xbox this year. I really don't. I, really yeah, don't. Okay. I just don't see the point. <laughs> I, will say, I cannot What would wait. I do with it? I'm gonna, I've, I've learned long ago. I'm 39 years old. I learned long ago that I can't fill the hole in my heart with uh, uh, electronics. I need to fill the hole in my heart with, like, interacting with other people and being in public spaces, and I can't do that. There's just a bottomless gap down there that the Xbox is not going to fill. Spider-Man, an exclusive <laughs> to the PlayStation 5, might. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> okay, it's so- a possibility. It will fill the gap in my life created by the quarantine and the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. This question is from Thurs on Twitter. Which Avengers video game power would you most tolerate being forced to use in your daily life? The only answer to this is Kamala Khan because everybody, yeah, everybody else is just like, I don't, nobody wants Hulks. Uh, right. Black Widow and Tony don't really have powers. Thor's would be okay, but there's so much baggage that goes alongside yeah, that. Yeah, you, gotta mm-hmm. be a God, you have God duties. Yeah, yeah, but being able to do a stretchy with my hands? Hello, And not cool. just stretchy, but big hand or big Get foot. Big hand. One of the most unbelievable, the only, one of the few sour notes the story hits is when Kamala's like, they're talking about a cure. Do you think there's a way I could be cured to be normal? Fuck off. You don't want to be normal. <laughs> Look how big your hand is. You can do anything. You don't want to be cured. Stop it. I agree. Mm, next question. <laughs> From uh, Katie. Besties, I must know, which Avenger is most likely to be a gamer? I, I mean, Kamala four. is definitely a oh. oh, I was going to say Kamala. Yeah. Wow, we all had three different answers because yeah. I was thinking Iron Man. Well, I mean, Thor, you'd see it in the Avengers movie. You're like, oh, it's that really is into true. Fortnite. But only because he's very depressed. Yeah, and he Which, thought it was called yeah. Fortnite. I mean, we all we all are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's why we, yeah. that's why we play video games, guys. Uh, <laughs> this is from Stella. Uh, which Avenger do you think each of you would be most likely to beat in an IRL fight? I think immediately. If I could, if I could sneak up on Bruce, uh-huh. mm, I could get. Sure. I could get. Like if I snuck up on him and like really bonked him fucking hard and like knocked him out then that and they don't talk about that in Hulk in the Hulk mm. movies They're like we gotta kill the Hulk we gotta stop the Hulk all you gotta do is wait for Bruce to be asleep and then you just don't <laughs> right over the head with a bowling pin or something that's yeah. it I think I could I could I think I could seduce Tony Stark into a vulnerable position mm. just like act dazzled by his brilliance put on something tight like I, I think I could talk about that. his father make him feel bad oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would go after two gun kid with three guns just law yeah. numbers, you know. Two gun kid. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's a he's a, a kid with two guns, and I I figured me being a grown up with three guns. Yeah, sure. Just seems bring three guns to a two gun fight. Yeah, that's that's what they say. Do you, do you have one fresh? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's accurate, actually. <laughs> that shows a real a real maturity on your part, uh, <laughs> Russ. That you don't think you could beat any Avenger in a fight, <laughs> even in a hypothetical situation. You could th- you could smash a computer that had Jarvis in it to the ground. <laughs> oh. Is Jarvis a hero? 
Of course, Jarvis is a hero. He turns. He out becomes a, Vision. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, okay, that's different. Uh, final question from Max. Please go around the Hornet and discuss which Avenger you each are. Um, probably I mean, Two Gun Kid, right? Yeah, I mean, Chris is Chris has big Two Gun Kid energy. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, I feel like Hawkeye. Where it's like, I, but I think that that's my own sort of self inadequacies. Are you saying of. that because Two Gun Kid and Hawkeye are best friends and they go on time traveling adventures together? Okay, so I guess I didn't know that <laughs> Two Gun Kid was a real person. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> he keeps referencing it. He's very proud. Yeah. He knows. Yeah, he's really proud of this 1948 Marvel Comics character that he. Uh, <laughs> there are actually, two versions of Two Gun Kid. The one that was friends with Hawkeye is the second version. Clay Harder is the original Two Gun Kid. I think I'd probably paste Pop Pete. Who's that? He's a uh, from is a, a he's actually a villain. He's got a gun that shoots uh, glue. Oh, okay. Sometimes he calls himself. Sometimes he calls himself the Trapster. That's cool. <laughs> oh, I, it is cool. Fresh. I think Fresh should be Ghost Rider. What? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think he would ride a motorcycle. Some it's serious, like Nick Cage. When it's just Nick Cage wearing the makeup, not CG'd, that that is your energy. Yeah, it's funny. I was gonna say, and I know this is not Marvel, but Mister Mixelplex. <laughs> I think is probably the closest that I could get. Mis- you mean Mr. Mixer Pitalik? Yeah, that Mix- one. Mr. Mixer Pitalik. Uh, there we go. Yeah. I can't people. say my name because if I say it, I revert yeah, to the negative zone. Nice right. We've been hey, trying to now, if he, was trying to, if he was trying to trick three white guys into saying his name, saying it incorrectly would actually be the 100% right <laughs> way to go. <laughs> uh, excuse me, I believe. Pardon me. I, were you trying to say Mixer Spitalik? I believe it's pronounced Beetlejuice, actually. Yes, I said Beetlejuice. Yes, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Done. Dead. Erased that. What else are we all playing this week? Um, I played the Control Alan Wake DLC. It's called AWE. Um, I adore Alan Wake as a franchise. It has been dormant for, I don't know, a decade or something. And I really, really like Remedy games, but this was not a... Uh, it didn't make me happy, to be perfectly honest. It, it just treated that, you just uh, you <laughs> you just described the worst possible Venn diagram for that not to make you happy. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was bad. Uh, it, it just bad. Treats, it, it I mean, it just doesn't. Although it presents itself as like Alan Wake centric, there's I would say very little there. Um, the only like glimmer of hope was that it ends with like some sort of quasi tease that they might be making a new Alan Wake game, which they might not be. They might just which, be fucking to, with us. To be fair, the the first Alan Wake game ended with like yeah. Alan Wake games do tend to end with a tease that they'll make more Alan Wake. Right. So uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, I think in both cases of the Control DLC neither of them lived up to the really, really goodness of the actual game, uh, which is a drag, but that's okay. I've played through and finished Divinity Original Sin 2 on the Switch, which is a game I've tried to pick up a lot, uh, but usually peter out like just around finishing the first act or so, which is about a quarter of the game. And I'm glad I did, because that game really unfolds into something pretty spectacular. Uh, I had a CRPG hankering after last week talking about Wasteland, and uh, I, I don't know, as, as a, a longtime player of like RPGs who loves that like idea of here is a problem and there's a billion different ways to solve it. Are you going to sneak in? Are you going to use charisma? Are you going to et cetera, et cetera? Divinity Original Sin 2 adds some options that uh, I've never seen in any other kind of game before. Like there are now you have the ability to see ghosts everywhere and you can talk to ghosts to find out the password to the thing. And then you can eat that ghost to get their powers. And then like, Whoa. it's like it is 
absolutely wild what that game lets you do. It also has a tone unlike anything I've ever seen where it's like, this is a world where you can actually become God and everyone wants to do it. And that is like the defining characteristic of every single character you meet in the game. So it's a game about like uh, ambition. Uh, and it's 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 fantastic. It is probably the best CRPG I've ever played. And I'm glad I, I powered through it. And they're making Baldur's Gate 3, which comes out in like this month, actually, the early access version. So very exciting. I played some uh, Crummit's Tale, K-R-U-M-I-T-S Tale, uh, Meteor Fall. It's, if, if you play the other Meteor Fall game, this is the second one of those. It is a card, ba- it's on iOS, though it is also on Steam if you want to do that. But it's very good for iOS. Um, it is a card-based dungeon crawler. Wait, hold the, hold the phone, Justin. Shut up. A I don't ca- hear wait, it. you're saying, what is this game that you enjoy? Sub-genre. Is it a card-based dungeon? It's different. It's neat though because it's got uh, it, they deal the cards out in a nine by nine grid, mm. and some of the cards are enemies, and some of the cards are items that you pick up. Oh, uh, and you're kind of like have to be selective about the order in which you get items, and, and so there's like a little bit of a puzzle element too. Um, the art style is very, very cool. Uh, it looks kind of uh, I don't know, a little bit, a kind of a little bit Adventure Time, a little bit gothic, more gothic than that. Um, but it's it's very neat. Uh, um, it looks cool. Indie developers out there, if you are able to make a card based dungeon crawler that also has FMV, Justin you is that Justin's way game of the year in for it. <laughs> uh, I'm playing a game that I want y'all to play: Crusader Kings Three. Oh yeah, it. Rules, <laughs> um, and I'm embarrassed that I, I it took me this long to finally get into this series. I understand why I waited because holy moly, just the tutorial is quite intimidating. Um, but it is good sales pitch so far. I, I don't even know how to describe what the game is. I would say it's a, a cross between like Civ meets of reigns i think that's what you said freshick right like yeah it, it's taking the idea of a civilization game uh and adding in just gobs and gobs of narrative choices um and it's much more about the alliances that you make the uh, marriages that you arrange the way that you manipulate people with power um then it is just like raw might of taking over lands um and it, it just leads to some of the most bizarre things. It's spread across thousands of years. So you have storylines about um, your children turning on you or your kingdom being effectively, like, devastated, except for, like, a six-year-old who is left in power. It's so goofy and so well-written. Um, it has a really good sense of humor. Uh, so, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it because I, I do want y'all to play it. I know it will be a huge piece of our end of year conversation i'm sure it will um the uh i did want to say quickly uh i downloaded uh kingdoms of amalore uh, reckoning remaster which is called kingdoms of amalore re-reckoning and it looks really bad <laughs> i can't believe how bad it looks it's not a remaster it looks terrible i, I played it for 30 seconds and i wanted to barf i'll try probably try to play more uh, so I give it a fair shake, but holy crap, does it, it is not a remaster. It do not expect something that looks modern. Y'all, next um, week, we're talking about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2. Mm. And it's, Don't you think we should, we should split it up over two weeks, right? If we're going <laughs> to... <if, laughs> two different games. Uh, and uh, I like this game a lot. I'm excited to talk about it. Um, you guys might want to talk about the Mario stuff that's coming out next week, too, a little bit. Is that next week? 
I thought no, so. I think it's in two weeks. Is it? Oh, okay. Okay. Two weeks. Video games. There's, There's a lot. so Iraq. many video games, y'all. I'm so um, exciting. Yeah. And the week after that, and we can say it now, we'll be talking Spelunky 2. So put it in your calendars. I No joke, I've spent 55 hours playing Spelunky 2. <laughs> no, you <laughs> haven't. I am so stoked. nobody's spent any time playing Spelunky no, 2. No, no, no. What, it's under embargo. I can't talk about whether it's good or not, <laughs> but I've played a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It should be fun. Um, and uh, be sure to listen to our show uh, and follow and listen for free on Spotify. Please tell some people about the show this week. If you if you can, you can point them to besties.fan. Let them know that, yes, it is a Spotify exclusive, but you don't have to have Spotify premium to listen to this show. You just go on through and you listen to it. You enjoy it. We really would appreciate that. We're at the Besties Pod on Twitter. You can also find a link there to our mailing list so you can – uh, hear from us on a, on a regular basis about video games. And um, I think that's it, right? It's going to do it for us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And be sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? It's a Spotify original podcast in association with Fox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter and produced by Ben Hosley. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties!